to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People with disability should never just be framed in terms of it needs to be therapeutic or a model of, a model of medical assessment that's some of our clients with disability are literally there for the wham bam, thank you, ma'am, like enjoyment <laughs> yeah. factor. Yeah. So, and one of the things that I really like about my work is that while sex workers of all genders and all nationalities and all sizes and ages get a bad rap, the reality is is that we're dealing with pleasure. Welcome to the deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Rachel Wadden has been a sex worker for 20 years. She has done it all and then some. But there's a unique element to Rachel's work because a lot of her clientele are people living with disability. This is at times an awkward conversation today. I always want to ask the questions that you're going to be thinking, and sometimes with a smart, strong, opinionated woman like Rachel, that does not fly. Rachel Watton, welcome to The Deep. Thanks for having me. You are a sex worker, and some of your work includes people with disabilities. Yes, that's right. I'm an equal opportunity sex worker, so... Some of my clients happen to have a disability. Just before we got on the line, you were actually educating me on how to say that. Was some, is that also something that you had to learn working with this community? Yes. Look, every country and every area has different terminology. I think the most important thing is that you take your lead by the actual person, person you're interacting with. So some people may say um, a disabled woman. And then you take your lead from them. Mm -hmm. um, in Australia, People with Disability Australia, PWDA, has a section on their website around terminology. And in Australia, it's generally person-centred, person-focused. So often in the public arena, it's person with disability, people with disability. But like I said, it's about the individual and the person with disability can uh, dictate how they feel comfortable being um, being addressed. You should always listen to the, the marginalised populations. 
And I do apologize if any of the questions are icky, but I want to say it because I know that people are coming to this listening with judgment and with stigma and with um, a preconceived idea. And it is my job. And I'm not trying to be media. I'm actually trying to be the opposite of that, which is championing you. And by asking the icky questions at times, that's you answering them. And I need you, I need them to hear like, oh, that's a weird question. Would you ask that to Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should do a whole Q and A so all your listeners can <laughs> write in all the, Actually, all the questions yes. you've ever wanted to ask a sex Brilliant. worker, and then we'll then we'll answer them. And I'll I go, love Yay, that. Great question. Okay. Oh my god, who asked that? Because I guess I I will always hold space and time for people who are wanting to learn. That's yes. the thing. So you don't know what you don't know, and that's yes. one of the reasons that. You know, sometimes I agree to do media like this because I think it's it's important. I, like I said at the beginning, you can't generalize my experience, my personal experience, mm-hmm. to that of the whole of the sex industry. However, mm-hmm. there are some things that I've obviously worked on and been a part of in terms of state and federal and local advocacy and activism around um, sex worker rights and also the intersection between sex workers providing services to people with disability who so choose to access our services. And this is just a conversation. And just be honest, if it is a gross question, just you say it and I'm going to say, okay, it's gross, but still please answer. Um, Well, my friends know that I'm not backwards in coming forward in in saying if I think something's a bit icky or gross. Good, good. So let's get, that's clear. Can I ask, Firstly, when did you start working in the sex industry? And then when was your first uh, client with a disability? Congratulations. You've done one of the top (laughs) five questions I've gotten my whole media life. (laughs) Uh, I've been working now for over two decades. That's the general (laughs) scope of things. Um, I don't really remember specifically my first client with disability because, as we know, a lot of disabilities are invisible or silent Mm. so and also in terms of the definition of what's included within disability um chronic fatigue uh, anxiety depression hiv um all there's a whole gamut of um different conditions that people uh that within australia is included within the terms of, of disability uh, but the one that I always talk about that is really prominent in my mind is something that's really left of centre that people aren't expecting. And that was an adult man who needed to have um, a circumcision later in life uh, due to a medical condition. And so I was working in a massage parlour at the time and he came in and before he wanted to throw himself back into the dating scene, he wanted to make sure that one physiologically um, everything had healed and also in terms of um, the sensitivity. So he was concerned that he would hit the roof, that there would be too much um, sensitivity due to touch after this procedure. And so he wanted to make sure, one, everything worked and two, he felt comfortable with having another person um, touching him in an intimate way. So Mm. he came in for a series of about three sessions over quite a few weeks and increased his capacity and confidence. And I think that's one of the lovely roles that sex workers can play in any of our clients' lives is that 
we provide a safe and respectful and dignified space mm. for people to be able to explore their own capacities and to be able to learn new things and experiences as well without the fear of being laughed at and without the fear of rejection and all those things that um, people bring with them in the dating world. Because I think that's perhaps surprising to a lot of people listening is that sex workers provide almost a therapeutic element and what I mean by that is there's that that situation sounded like there was a bit of counselling, there was a bit of, uh, you know, um, taking really hearing what he was needing rather than just going into the sex act. I think that there's maybe a misunderstanding that sex work is just, hello, I'm John, hello, I'm Sarah, let's fuck. And there's a lot of grey in between that. Well, there's a lot of life and a lot of laughter <laughs> and there's a lot of colour and vibrance actually <laughs> in between that. I'm actually uh, in the early stages of drafting a journal article around this very aspect of all the different roles that sex workers may provide in our clients' lives, and that may or may not include our clients with disability. So we may we need to make sure that we never just frame sex work as the only option for people with disability. Of course, there are millions and millions of people around the world with disability who are married, who are dating, who are parents, who are out on the dating scene, who are choosing to abstain, um, that sex work is just one of many, many options, but just because it's a little bit unpalatable for some people, Mm. that it shouldn't slip off the table. Um, Also, just equal to any other client who may um, contact myself or any sex worker, is that... um, People with disability it should never just be framed in terms of it needs to be therapeutic or a model, a model of medical assessment. That some of our clients with disability are literally there for the wham bam, thank you ma'am, like enjoyment <laughs> yeah. factor. Yeah. So, and one of the things that I really like about my work is that while sex workers of all genders and all nationalities and all sizes and ages get a bad rap. The reality is, is that we're dealing with pleasure. Mm. You know, dentists seem to be a respectable occupation and we, um, and yet dentists, when you go to the dentist, it's generally about pain, isn't it? Mm -hmm. There's nothing pleasurable normally unless someone's getting happy gas for a moment, but it's, um, it's about pain and, um, yeah, and yet dentists have a reputable reputation, you know. People don't always talk about, you know, how could you be married to a dentist or (laughs) I'm not sure if I can introduce you to my parents because you're a dentist. Dentist, yeah, I know. There is that that constant taboo around the topic and that is why I think it's really important to talk to you um, because, first of all, you have incredible insight, not just to the sex industry but also in life. And I think that's another element about choosing your your sex worker, right? Because not everyone is going to be like you, um, perhaps not even as open-minded because sex workers have their own boundaries, correct, and their willingness to do things as well. Yeah, look, we all provide a, a different services. So what one of my best friends may provide, I may not, and vice versa. 
And so I'm very lucky being in New South Wales and we work under a decriminalised setting and framework, which means that I can refer openly to other sex workers who potential clients may want to meet. Whereas in, say, Queensland, where they're trying to um, get decriminalisation, you know, I'm legally not allowed to even refer to another sex worker. So if a client of mine's asking me to um, to refer to a colleague that may have very large breasts or, you know, beautiful dark chocolate-coloured skin or may have lots of tattoos or may provide services that I don't offer. Mm-hmm. Here in New South Wales, I can do that quite openly. As I say, you know, we can use our adult words to talk and communicate openly about what one person wants and what one person is happy to provide. But in Queensland, it isn't. So it's really important to be able to have these conversations within the framework of me talking about being able to provide services to clients with disability. Talking about your clients that do have disabilities, they obviously range, mental, physical, all of the above. Yep. But when it gets into the physical realm, mm-hmm. are you ever confronted or confused about how to do things? No, because the most important thing is to ask your client. They know their bodies best. Mm-hmm. So if I'm unsure, I will never assume and I always defer to them. I'm like, uh, do you need assistance with this? So it's not if someone is getting undressed slowly, it's not just jump in there and start undressing them. It's like, would you like assistance with this? Can you please let me know if you'd like some help with anything? Mm. Um, can you tell me what the range of motion is for your hips? You know, um, Finding out if someone's left arm has limited mobility and dexterity, but their right arm um, is is quite good with uh, with movement, their range of movement and touch, then I'd like to know that because that means I can lie on someone's left side and their right arm and hand can be able to caress my body. Mm. Whereas if I don't ask about those things and I try to lie on their right side, then I've created this disabling environment where it's harder for them to be able to touch me. And you've worked with people that have obviously so many different ranges, cerebral palsy, um, people that have lost feeling in the waist down, but there is still like, it still comes back to pleasure, right? It still comes back to their version of what that means. So in a first meeting, do you talk about that? Like, are they able to have intercourse in, you, you know, the, the general way or do they want to just... <laughs> what do, is like, the general yeah. way to have intercourse, Zoe? <laughs> Penis, <laughs> vagina, but, you know, intercourse perhaps. If that's not an option for them, do you do they look to you for suggestions or are they generally open um, with with what gets them off or are they looking at, yeah, exploring? Well, I think we need to step back a bit and look at um, moving away from penis and vagina as like the 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 only way, the go-to and (laughs) only way. So sexuality, I mean, the largest sex organ is your brain. You know, the world is your oyster. 
people uh, explore all sorts of different elements of touch. I mean, I've even had to explain to clients over many, many years, they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry I came really fast. I'm like, dude, I've just been massaging and teasing you and we've been doing these erotic things for three quarters of an hour. That's called foreplay. That's part of sex. Yes. So the actual, you know, you know, penis and vagina or like oral sex element is, 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 you know, the cream on top, so to speak. Um, but people have this weird idea or notion about what sex is. So sexuality and sexual expression encompasses so many different elements and you work within people's capacities. So, you know, I've had two hour bookings with someone who uh, due to a spinal injury may have lost all sensitivity from just below their nipples down. Mm. But, and some people, some of the people listening right now would think, oh, what would you do with, you know, a gentleman for two hours? Well, you know, time flies when you're having fun. There's a whole <laughs> range of things. Yes. And your, your erogenous zones move and a lot of people haven't even explored their erogenous zones. So um, sensitivity for a gentleman like that, oh, you know, their nipples or their ears or their neck may become extra sensitive, giving someone a good head massage. I mean, everyone likes that at the hairdressers anyway. So it can increase someone's touch and sensitivity, but also, you know, looking at people. So um, sometimes clients would like to see you touching their body, even though they may not be able to explicitly be able to feel parts mm-hmm. of their body. Um, but it's also everyone's there for different reasons. So sometimes people do ask for suggestions or they're like, I'd like to try something else. I mean, obviously, if someone's um, body doesn't allow them to kind of get into all fours position and so someone needs to be lying on their back, then we're not going to be doing any kind of standard doggy style positions at all. But, yeah, we work within someone's capacity. I mean, I've always said, you know, some of my clients are very trusting because, Either I I stand on their bed and, you know, sometimes I can hold on to their roof as well, so that's really good. But something simple like being able to kind of undress where they got to look up your skirt or, you know, help. You can help someone's, uh, someone's hand by placing it like on your bra strap so that they can have the experience of undressing you to a degree. So there's a whole range of different things that we can do. Um, Obviously, there's an increase in um, different sex toys and devices for different experiences. There's certainly um, something called an egg that I have introduced to some clients that they really enjoy. But it's about um, sight and smell and touch and you know all your senses. It's not just we need to move away. Penis and vagina. Yes. Yes. Well, I had to ask because people are going to want to know, and oh, now no. they and now they're going to want to know what the egg does. <laughs> That's right. Well, they can um, they can employ me to do a one on one session <laughs> or a training course. <laughs> is it is it a device or is it in yeah. on you or uh, something? It's, no, it's a little it's a little um, kind of sex device, and it's okay. um, made out of oh, rubber latex. there's a few different there's a few different um things on the market and there's more and more devices and we need more and more devices so that it's more accessible so for example 
you know, for anyone who's like, oh, you know, someone should never be able to go to a sex worker. That's awful. It's like, well, okay, when was the last time you masturbated? Hope all your listeners are now thinking about that. And imagine never, ever, ever being able to do that again, not being able to touch your genitals, mm. not be able to touch or caress your, your body. Uh, I mean, COVID's been really interesting in that because sex workers, you know, we've been talking about this, um, you know, this joy of touch and being able to provide pleasure to all of our clients. And then suddenly with lockdowns around the world, everyone has suddenly um, decided that, yes, everyone misses hugs and sensuality and touch mm. and something called there's something called skin hunger that I've been I've been interviewed about before with Carly Carly Finlay um a fantastic Australian disability activist yep. yes so you can google my name and her name in skin hunger and and learn a bit more about that but basically it's about um what everyone's been experiencing during COVID that they've they've really yearned for the touch and the warmth of another. So people in the media have been talking about, you know, really missing just that connectivity and hugging. And a lot of people in the disability community have been like, well, welcome to our whole lives, mm. you know, and yet there's still people trying to deny some people with disability who have decided in their adult capacity that they want to be able to explore their sexual expression by seeing a sex worker and people are like, no, you should not be allowed to do that. <laughs> and it's like, well, why not? You've, everyone else has just realised that it's quite an integral part of being and it improves well-being and happiness. Because I would um, assume that the carers have a big part to play in these people's lives do you have relationships with the carers too? Yes, yes. I'm doing my PhD at the moment actually and so I've called the parents, the carers, the support staff, the house managers, it, collectively as third-party supporters. And so I have really great professional relationships with um, a whole range of different people. Some of them... I just want to clone. They've been really, really <laughs> fantastic in supporting people's um, rights to sexual expression. Um, and, yeah, it's been really lovely. I mean, it's awful when you when you come across someone who's a real gatekeeper who, for whatever reason, is like, no, we're not going to do this. No, we're not going to support this. Uh, but I've been really lucky and blessed that I, over the years I've met many, many people who have have not talked on behalf of the person they're supporting. They defer to them, you know, okay, John, what would you like? Would you prefer this day or this this day, uh, this time? Um, you know, instead of going, well, what works best for, for myself and the rest of the staff is if John comes at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning, it's like, no, no, let's work around the actual person. So, yeah, they've been really fantastic. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
And what about, I mean, it's very expensive to live with a disability and obviously work and all of those things are taken into account. Are your prices different? No. You just got a one one standard price for everybody. Oh, no, no. Well, the prices, how long is a piece of string? Um, so first of all, pricing structures are based on services that you would like to experience, mm-hmm. the location, if someone is coming to my workspace or if I'm visiting them, the length of time of the service and um, multiple hours normally mean that there's um, a degree of discount. There's a whole range of different aspects. Okay. Now, while some people with disability are in full employment, we know that specifically if we're talking about Australia, that there's a higher level of unemployment within the disability sector. So, yes, we do understand that there is a lot of financial constraints on a lot of people and we're we're not like bread and milk. (laughs) Uh, Sexual services, while everyone would like to you know, have a massage every week. We we all have to save up for um, certain services. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't – some sex workers do have discounted rates for people who um, can show any kind of pension card. Mm-hmm. Um, some – it's rarely – sometimes I have heard of a couple with um, student cards, like if people are at university um, and are of age to consent, obviously. Let me just be very clear about that. Um, for myself, I have the same pricing structure for all of my clients in terms of treating everyone equally with dignity and respect. However, there are sometimes some concessions. So um, I work in the inner west of Sydney and for, you know, general Joe Blow who would call up and may be living at Liverpool or Penrith, then um, I would not be travelling to them generally. <laughs> they would have to come to me. But if I have a client who's inquiring about my services and they um, they need two people to assist them with an electric ceiling hoist to, um, to transfer them from their wheelchair into their bed and mm. they feel that it's more comfortable for them to not travel to me but for me to travel to them, then I actually will travel a lot further for clients with disability. And um, I kind of have a flat fee within metropolitan Sydney to travel to people. Um, Outside of Sydney Metro, then it's like a per hourly rate. But if if occasionally if some people are living kind of near a friend that I haven't seen for a while, then I'll kind of um, be able to, you know, have a, a bit of movement with my my fees so that I can also on the back of seeing them and providing services and put a smile on their face, then I'll be able to maybe go and stay with a friend overnight afterwards. Do you prefer able-bodied bookings or disabled-bodied bookings or are they just Ugh, all That's one? a really, that's a I know, but really I'm gonna, yeah. question. <laughs> I want to ask that because it might be that you actually prefer working with people with disability. No, I I prefer uh, a respectful client that I have fun with and that I can put a smile on someone's face. So everyone is individual. So, um, and, you know, um, everyone has, you know, real high energy days at their job and the same with sex workers. So sometimes 
I'm really enjoying um, someone who sees me every two weeks for half an hour. And um, because I've got lots of things on and my attention span is like I'm really focused on, on um, when I'm with my clients, but I, I know that that's, that's good. It's a shorter period of time. Sometimes I really, really um, look forward to like four-hour sessions with someone. Um, everyone's really individual. I mean, everyone has their favourites, <laughs> just like Do anything you? at work. Yeah. But, so um, you, you have a favourite client? No, not a favourite, but, but many they also favourites. But also, <laughs> um, it's really, I, I find it really interesting the questions that sex workers get because I always try to put it back to the interviewer about, um, you know, if you were interviewing a plumber or if you were interviewing a kindergarten teacher, you know, would we be having conversations about do you have, do you know, do you have your favourite kind of sewer that you like to work on, or <laughs> yeah. do you have, do you like working with the three-year-olds or the five-year-olds, or do you prefer finger painting to like twinkle, twinkle, little star? Um, so, or, or my biggest one that I always, um, I'll, I'll preempt in case you're going to ask it, is that sex workers always get asked about, you know, how much do we charge as well, but. I find that with most other interviews, no one else ever gets asked. So, you yes. know, if you're, if you're being, if you're interviewing a lawyer, I have never heard an interview go like this. Uh, okay, so Mr. Jones, you know, you um, have been working at this legal firm. I'd just like to know what your hourly rate is and how much you take home and how much tax do you pay? Do I assume you pay tax? <laughs> well, yes, we are assuming you pay tax too. No, no, I'm saying <laughs> I'm that. Joking, that, that I'm joking, I'm yeah. <laughs> joking. Um, no, and I think that you're right there. I think as soon as it becomes about sex, for some reason society gets everything muddled. Well, dare I say they get their knickers in a twist. <laughs> yeah, it becomes very fascinating. It's like... Um, you know, you wouldn't ask, you wouldn't ask a plumber, do you prefer using wrenches or hammers? But mm. someone might want to say to a sex worker, do you prefer giving blowjobs or receiving blowjobs? You know, yeah, exactly. Because it's almost voyeuristic too. You know, there's something about it that we're trying to live through the lens. Yeah. Well, the media and journalists have a lot to answer for in terms of perpetuating the stigma and discrimination enacted against sex workers, not mm -hmm. only here in Australia but around the world. And people really need to have a good hard look at themselves about why are you asking this? Would mm -hmm. you ask this to a hairdresser? Would you ask this to a lawyer? Would you ask this to one of your colleagues? And if not, why are you suddenly asking us? You know, will this support the rights of sex workers or are you just feeding into the stereotypical trope that has got us here in the first place where it's so difficult to enact decriminalisation and good supportive laws? And do you think that that is going to happen in the very conservative country in which we live? Like, do you feel, I know laws are... Um, being challenged, but do you feel like we will get to a place that sex work is normalised? Well, I live in hope. Yeah. So, I mean, New South Wales was the first place really in the world. We were leading the way at one stage in terms of decriminalisation. 
I mean, not all aspects of sex work, but the majority were decriminalised in 1995. And then it's taken so many decades. South Australia has, has lost um, the fight against trying to enact decriminalisation so many times. And there's another bill being put up now that everyone should support. Northern Territory has voted for decriminalisation and it's now a really slow process of rolling that out. Um, we're hoping now with WA having just gone through another election that people in power will see fit to listen to the community, the sex mm. worker community. Mm. So I, I always shake my head. I just think if we were talking about laws that were about cardiac surgeons, the very first people that would be consulted and who would be invited to the table would be cardiac surgeons. I have no idea about what goes on in surgery. I have no business writing submissions about what cardiac surgeons should have applied to them in the law. And yet with sex work, everyone comes out of the woodwork to, to voice their own moralistic viewpoints. And what we need is true leadership. And I think with some of the discussions that are happening now about we need to listen to the voices of women in regards to the the level of violence that's enacted upon us in society. I think this also needs to be extended to discussions around what will keep us safe, what will keep us respected, what will allow us to be able to operate mm. equal to other occupations. And I also think there's something to do with the patriarchy just on a basic level of, you know, a team of white men being in charge of of female health, you know, that in itself, and then you want to bridge it over to the sex work industry. As long as we have these men, most of them seeing sex workers <laughs> that are really making it difficult for things hmm. to go forward. Oh, the irony is not lost on us. We need full decriminalisation. And the way that I talk about it is once again, Everyone gets a bit heated and get their, gets their knickers in a twist when they talk about sex work. So the easiest way to approach the subject is to, um, if you remove sex work and put in, say, working at McDonald's or KFC, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're, um, say, your adult child, your 19-year-old child, your 23-year-old son, is working at KFC or McDonald's, they could be working there for one day, for one month, for one year, or make a whole occupation um, working in that industry. They currently have full support in regards to OC health and safety, so occupational health and safety. They have the full support of the police if there is violence enacted upon them. So if there was an armed hold-up, if there was a fire, if they slipped and fell, that they would have workers' compensation, they would have access to counselling and support. Even if they work there for one day or one month, later down the track, they will not be discriminated against in the future in their CV if they're applying for other jobs, if they're applying to be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or a kindergarten teacher. 
they will not be discriminated or they will not be denied, you know, the working with children safety check Mm. due to the fact that they worked at KFC or McDonald's for that time. They won't be denied access to other countries as well. So um, if I am known to be a sex worker, technically America can ban me from coming into the country. Wow. Yeah, even if I've saved up my hard-earned cash and I'm there to go to Vegas to watch all the Cirque du Soleil shows, which is wow. one of the things that's on my bucket list. So, yeah, or I'm going to visit friends like any other tourist just mm. because of my legally recognised occupation within Australia. Other countries can deny me access. And people forget about all of these things. If people want sex workers to be safe and secure and have equal rights, to everyone else, then they need to get behind decriminalisation. You, you know, and the reality is, is that sex work's not for everyone. But the thing is, is that I don't, I can't get up early in the morning, but I'm really, really glad that the Garbos are there every week to collect my bins. And I'm really, really glad that they have off health and safety, that they get paid, that they have workers comp, that they're not going to be discriminated against. But I could never do that job. So you don't have to want to be a sex worker. You don't have to have that. <laughs> to be able to accept it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just have to listen to what we need. And also not everyone will stay in the sex industry, just like not everyone will be a garbo for the rest of their lives. Mm. Or they won't, you know, lots of people work in hospitality for a few years. But it's about equal rights. I also want to know, and this is something that could happen in different industries, uh, but it could also be an icky question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have clients that fall in love with you? Look, there's always the propensity for someone to be really attached or fall in love with you. I've, I've, certainly um, it's a discussion that some sex workers have amongst ourselves and it's one of the greatest fears when I've previously delivered training to disability support workers it's one of their top five questions what do you do if they fall in love with you and the reality is is that sex workers we all have boundaries and we have different ways to um, mediate these kind of responses so obviously you know we have great attachment with uh, within our professional realm so just like a lot of people have their favorite barista or the reason why we, we may go to our dentist is because actually they um, they take a lot of care mm. and time with us and um, we click. Same with masseuses. If a doctor is really gruff and, and you feel as though you're not being listened to, you don't go back there. You find another GP. And it's the same with, with sex workers as well. So, But there, there's, a, there's a balance between a really, really good regular and someone who becomes obsessive. And that's something that's what what is interesting to me is, and I'm only saying this because the work is intimate, right? Like nursing and other work like that. Like I fell in love with the the pediatric nurses at where I gave birth, the midwives, you know, like I really was attached, not in a stalker way, but I felt. <laughs> I was like, that's really interesting, giving birth and falling in love with the person. Was, yes, <laughs> like these women that would just mother me and I became, it's a different kind of um connection obviously but you know I found it really hard to leave the hospital and but I you kept... know why it's because of the endorphins as well one you're feeling safe and you're feeling secure and there's warmth but you're also 
you've you've got all those new endorphins running through yes. you as a new mother and it's the same within um a whole range of sexual services it's one of it's the feel good feelings of and and even people talk about you know a hug for 10 seconds can you know increase that kind of feel good endorphin rush you know we if someone crosses that line where we feel that it's getting too much in terms of and sometimes um clients will call it out in terms of like oh i think i'm falling in love with you um i'm going to stop seeing you or can mm-hmm. you recommend someone else mm. so that's often a way or sometimes it's good to just have a healthy break sometimes it's you know sex workers may um just not be available for that client for a while some people may refer on to someone else obviously the best way is to be able to um, have adult conversations address all the feelings that are coming up and then just say look this is unhealthy um, because this is my work Um, and I think it's it's dangerous when people don't respect people's boundaries. Mm. That's one of the skill sets that people underestimate with sex workers is that um, it's a very personable service, but we're also, um, you know, meeting each individual client um, at their level and assessing them. So if someone, you know, starts to want to make more bookings or um, if someone is trying to text me or call me, then I will try to nip that in the bud. And, you know, you do it very nicely, but it's like, I'm sorry, but I prefer to keep my conversations face-to-face when we get to see each other. So, or I'm really busy. I'm not going to be responding to your texts. So I think clients, I think there needs to be more, <laughs> a little bit more education as well with um, people who are, conversing with sex workers that Mm. you know we're not just lying around in our lingerie waiting for you (laughs) it's like we have lives sex workers are parents you're ruining the illusions now everyone's (laughs) illusion how dare you go to the shops and go to get the groceries i like texts or emails to be i would like to book in for this uh, this service um these are the preferred times and days i'd like a three-hour booking Please tell me the best way to to pay a deposit. Um, I'd really like you to wear some red lingerie if that's possible. Very professional, very straightforward. Oh, please, all clients, please follow booking etiquette. It's not hard. Can I ask you about, because you said every sex worker has boundaries of what they are comfortable with and not comfortable Mm -hmm. with, and you've reiterated safety and respect and all of those things, but is there anything else in your boundary, like for you personally, that you're like, I will refer you for that. Oh, how long is a piece of string as oh, well? Okay. Uh, so, so now you're going into like being a client. So, <laughs> or potential. So we get inquiries of like, what do you offer? It's like I'm not giving you a menu. Like, you, <laughs> use use your adult words and tell and me then, what so you're if looking I said, for. I want um, I want an orgy with you and six mates. No, um, that you you'd respond and say, <laughs> I'll refer you here. Well, my answer today, my answer today would be, uh, Zoe, please put it in a writing as to explicitly what you and your mates are looking for in the email, and I'll get back to you about um, whether or not that is something that I would like to provide. Otherwise, I may be able to refer on to other people who may um, best meet your needs. What have you learnt working with people with disabilities? 
I, I've learned lots of things from my clients over the years. I think one of the greatest things I've learned is to slow down and to appreciate gentle touch. Um, I speak a lot in the media about um, spooning and someone said once, you always talk about spooning. And I always go back to this because I think some of my clients have really taught me to slow down and to appreciate just the simple beautiful connections and touch that you have with another person mm. but I've also learned lots of things in terms of um, how to better communicate and work with people with disability so um, people have um, contacted me and said I have x y and z and I will be like oh I've never heard of that before do you mind if I just google it or some of potential clients sometimes send me links and say you know, I'm living with this condition. Here's a link so you can learn more. Are you happy to provide services to me? And I'll have a little read. I'll be like, yeah, sure. You just let me know what your parameters are um, and what I can and can't do and um, what you can and can't do and what you'd like to explore and let's, um, let's work it out from there. Is any of it hard for you to turn up for? Like, is any of it a hard day at a job? Like, um, so what they would find arousing, it would be really hard for you to bring it. Look, what may arouse my client doesn't necessarily have to arouse me. I just have to be good at my job. I'm pretty sure dentists, you know, have their favourite thing they want to do and things that they hate doing. Mm. Same with plumbers. And I'm sure there's things with parents and kindergarten teachers and um police officers like you know you're dragging yourself out of bed and you're like oh my goodness gosh I'm stupid for like putting you know a 9 30 booking in my diary <laughs> but then like once I'm there I'm like switched on and I'm energized yes. and then I, I you know you you have you know professional enjoyment I gotcha. and um and you know you have joy in being able to bring joy into another person's life so and everyone has good days and bad days and and, you know, there's a lot of discourse around you either are like the the trafficked woman or you're the happy hooker. But the reality is, is that sex workers work. It's our occupation. And just like equal to every other person, you have real highs and lows and you have really mediocre days. But um, no one seems to give a damn about, you know, how empowered the cleaner is at the law firm. <laughs> And yet they're cleaning people's toilets yeah, every such night. A good point. From, yeah, and so once again, I think it's important that if you are starting to think of these narratives about sex work, replace sex work with cleaner at a law firm or, you know, 19-year-old at KFC or the journalist who has to trudge through snow to get that two-minute piece on TV to tell everyone that it's snowing mm. and they're really cold and they're miserable. All the amazing journalists who go to the front line of all the wars and all the horrible conditions in certain places and they're, they're, they're putting their lives at risk. So interesting. The final question on the deep for everyone. Oh, I know this one. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> one, one that you prepared earlier. Yes. <laughs> Who are you when no one's watching? Mm, I can be many different things, but uh, what I've prepared to give you something about me that I don't think I've ever shared in the media is um, 
I'm really fascinated by tornadoes. Oh. Yeah, well, I thought I listened to a lot of your other podcasts and I was like, oh, that was a really interesting question to ask people. I mean, the other thing is, is that I really love stand-up comedy. So when people say, what would you do if you won the lottery? I mean, apart from, you know, paying off your mortgage and doing all those things, I love travelling. I love reading a, a book at home, curled up when it's raining, but I love travelling and hot weather, you know, infinity pools, being in the ocean. But I would love to go to all the international comedy festivals. Mm. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure indeed. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes, and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.